0: Hello everybody, this is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, uh, you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Plenty of ways to get keep in touch with the show here today. Be part of the conversation. All right. So The big news of the day in in the conservative news world, and really in the media world, and we have to talk about it, it's the the Tucker Carlson news. And I've been reading as much on it as possible today in order to kind of gear up for this. My thoughts have pretty much remained unchanged since the news came out. I think it's very difficult, first of all, to not connect the Dominion lawsuit and subsequent settlement to Fox News and Tucker Carlson parting ways. I think it's very difficult to uh, to have that disconnect. Now, you know, the other day, Dan Bongino announced that he would no longer have a weekend show pretty much effective immediately on uh, on Fox News either. On the monetary side, Fox News has to clear a lot of overhead in order to be able to uh, pay some of this off. Now, there's multiple reports out in the media, oh, they're not going to have to pay the full $800 million or whatever, but they still have to clear out a lot of space. So they, they do have to make some cuts and trim things up. They also are going to try to wrangle together the opinion side of the network. To bring it a little bit more in line so they don't have the, the whole going off on the 2020 stuff. But Tucker Carlson's different. Tucker Carlson was the prime time. He was the money maker for Fox News primetime. In 2020, he officially passed Sean Hannity in terms of average viewers and he has stayed at the top ever since. But he's always been a big draw for the network. And especially over the past three years, it's very difficult in a vacuum to ever conceive of Fox News cutting Tucker Carlson, which is essentially what happened. He wasn't fired, but they couldn't come to terms. And it sounds like this was a little bit more management initiated than Carlson initiated, but... Carlson is not out there blasting Fox News. He's not out there attacking Fox News. He's not saying this was undeserved or anything like that. You know, contrast that with Don Lemon's statement when he announced that he had been fired. He said he was not notified. His agent told him. Nobody from CNN talked to him. Uh, He had served the network loyally for 17 years, blah, blah, blah. And then CNN comes out and says the statement put out by Don Lemon is factually incorrect. He was offered the opportunity to meet with executives and instead decided to post his firing on Twitter. Don Lemon's being very dramatic. Of course, he's playing the victim and all this. We have plenty of stories from behind the scenes that Don Lemon was a diva. On camera, he was a problem. Off camera, he was a problem. CNN needed to let Don Lemon go. Frankly, they needed needed to do so long before today. But that's a, a whole different story. The case of Tucker Carlson is different. To understand what happened here, you need to look at some of the revelations from the Dominion lawsuit. In that lawsuit, you have the revelations, the text messages, the emails, all the information that came to light from behind the scenes of these opinion hosts like Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, and others, all basically trash talking the news side and management. There was a lot of that in there. There's been a lot of behind the scenes stuff between management and Tucker Carlson for a while. Carlson was the biggest star at the network. He was the money maker. With that comes this certain belief that you're kind of untouchable and you can start making demands and management if you are a big enough star will sometimes let it happen. But as a buddy of mine pointed out on his radio show earlier today, uh at the end of the day, you're still getting a paycheck from somebody else. So, butting heads with management is not always the way to go. Now, for Carlson, again, this wasn't about ideological bumping of heads with management, because Tucker Carlson was very good about the lines he walked. He said just enough to convince a lot of people that he was on that he was 100 percent sold. But he said just he he stopped just short of the line several times to where he could never really be liable for a lot of the assumptions that viewers were making based on what he said, because he was always kind of legalistic and noncommittal in some of those key aspects of it. He, Tucker Carlson was very much the just-asking-questions guy, which, yes, you can interpret to, to mean that he was 100% using these talking points to convince people. And I know people who are listening to the show who are saying that's actually, that is exactly what Tucker Carlson was doing. But in the world of media, if you're the just-asking-questions kind of guy, you can get away with some of it because, again, you're just asking questions. But Tucker Carlson had issues with management based on what he felt was the right thing for the network. And some of that also came to light in the Dominion lawsuit. And so this was part of the contract negotiation aspect of it. Ultimately, they just couldn't come to terms. Tucker Carlson walked away. Here's the problem for Fox. There are some of you out there saying, I'll never watch Fox News again. And I understand that. I've seen the comments on social media today. To be quite honest, the voices on social media saying that are a drop in the bucket compared to the people who will continue to watch Fox news. However, here's what really hurts Fox news. It's my generation. It's the millennials. Tucker Carlson did something that nobody else at Fox news was able to do. Fox news When you think of Fox News, up until Tucker Carlson, you get the same visualization. And I'm sorry if this offends some of you, but this is the visualization that you got when you talked about Fox News. Older white guys sitting in their recliner at home watching Fox News. That was the visual of the Fox News audience. And then Tucker Carlson comes along and he starts speaking, he starts saying something different. He's not giving neocon talking points. In fact, Tucker Carlson believes that he was lied to, that the U.S. government, particularly the Republican Party, lied to him and the American people when it came to Afghanistan, the Iraq war, things like that. He stopped believing the neocon line and he started paving his own way. And that's what led to a lot of what Tucker Carlson became at Fox News. But my generation, the millennials, really latched on to it because it was something different. My generation, tired of the endless wars, tired of a lot of what the old school Republican Party was doing, the neocons, the folks like that. And here came Tucker Carlson with a completely different perspective. And all of a sudden, younger viewers started watching. Younger viewers started paying attention to Fox News. Sean Hannity was never going to bring a younger audience. Laura Ingram was never going to bring a younger audience. And remember, when Fox fired Bill O'Reilly, you had a ton of people out there saying the same thing they're saying now. Oh, I'm never going to watch Fox News again. But Fox News didn't collapse. In fact, it got stronger because they found somebody who could capture that younger audience. Who could keep Fox News in demo, in ways that CNN and MSNBC simply can't. So now it's incumbent on Fox News to find somebody else to fill that primetime spot, somebody who can get a younger audience, keep that younger audience, and not drive them away. That's going to be what's next, is finding out who is the next, not Tucker Carlson, but who is the next, voice of the younger generations of conservatives. So while Tucker Carlson is out, Tucker Carlson's going to be fine. He's got plenty of money. I'm sure there's a buyout in this contract. But Tucker Carlson's going to be fine. He will land somewhere. If he's just doing a podcast, if he does something else. You know, back after Rush Limbaugh passed, I thought that radio in that in that slot would be perfect for Tucker Carlson. I still think that if he were to jump in there it would be a, a he would be very competitive in that spot perhaps more so than a lot of others in there but tucker carlson's going to be fine he will find somewhere else to be fox news is not going to find another tar- tucker carlson they he, they may find somebody who can still capture that same audience but you're you've lost a unique talent in tucker carlson But Carlson butting heads with management, at times thinking that he knew more than management and thought he knew better for the network than management, and at times openly flouting them. And the trouble that caused for Fox in the Dominion lawsuit that all gave Fox ample reason to say, we're going to need more from you, and Tucker Carlson to say, "Ah, I'm not going to give you more. But now the media landscape is vastly, vastly different. And now it's tough to tell what Fox News is going to do. I mentioned a friend of mine with his own radio show. I mentioned it before, Eric Erickson. He had a unique idea. And I kind of like this idea because I think it would be great for Fox. I think it would be great for this person. But I think it would be a very interesting change. Ben Shapiro in Tucker Carlson's spot. Let's take I want you to think about that for this break. I'm gonna take a break here. We'll be back in just a second. Your calls, your comments through the phone, through the Facebook app chat, that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk ninety six point five KPL. 232 1542. If you want to be part of the conversation. Yeah, I I I've been going over ever since I heard. Again, uh, Eric Erickson, friend of mine, again, would not be doing what I'm doing but for him, um, mentioned on his show earlier that he thinks Ben Shapiro would be a great fit for the Tucker Carlson spot. And I've, I've been racking my brain trying to think of other conservative commentators who could do what Tucker Carlson did for Fox News, and that is bring in a younger audience. Ben Shapiro has a very solid track record of doing that. I think it would be very interesting because they also approach it from different ways. Tucker Carlson was very much a populist in the way that he gave his talking points, gave his monologues. Ben Shapiro is very much an intellectual, but they both have been very successful in terms of younger demographics. Ben Shapiro has been uh, has dominated the digital space for the conservative movement. I think he would do a very good job bringing that audience with him to Fox News and helping to keep those numbers up. It would be an absolutely brilliant decision. By Fox News, if they were to pursue that, but I also am not sure that I trust Fox News to be able to make a smart decision. Now, Ben Shapiro would be, I think, probably if they had a short list, which we're so new into this, I'm not sure if they've even started developing a short list. But consider that Ben Shapiro is one of the people who did not buy into the stolen election stuff in 2020. That would make him more appealing to Fox News, which is trying to distance himself, themselves from the, the Dominion voting system uh, lawsuit. Uh, so that would, is something that would make him more appealing. But there's no other conservative commentator out there, I think, that would provide what Shapiro provides, which is an intellectual look at conservative values. And he would—this is going to sound so insulting when I say it, but I, I mean it in the best way possible— Shapiro would be like a Fox News version of Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes is an intellectual, progressive, liberal type. And he spouts all of his stuff from intellectual, uh, from an intellectual standpoint, rather than having any real knowledge of how the, the average American lives. But Ben Shapiro would also provide an intellectual insight on the conservative side. And I think that would be a, a good pairing between that. I don't, I don't think that you could say that Shapiro could be the next, I, I don't know, Rachel Maddow. I think that's kind of a, a battle between Sean Hannity and, and Maddow. And Maddow, I think, has been stepping back from on-air stuff for a while anyway. But uh, it will be interesting to see how Fox News decides to move on from this. It'll be very interesting to see what they do. Now, I will say that Surge here in Lafayette, has sent a message to the app chat and says, uh, now that Tucker Carlson is out, it's perfect timing to get Don Lemon in there since he was recently fired from CNN. Here's what I think. Take advantage of Don Lemon leaving CNN. I would say it's time to bring back Hannity and Combs, but Hannity and Lemon, because there would be no end to the entertainment value there. Gotta be. To have those two just Shouting over each other for an hour every night is at least as good as Sean Hannity shouting over whatever other liberal guest he has, plus his other right leaning panels he has on with the one leftist. Uh, Sal in Church Point sends a message to the KPL app chat. Ben is too dry. Michael Knowles would be good. I don't know. That's an interesting point as well. Let's go ahead and take this break. I'm up against it. We will be back with this and more here on The Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232 1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Okay, so I guess I maybe I should just put the question up on Facebook. In fact, I'll do that in this next break. Who do you want to see replace Tucker Carlson in that primetime spot on Fox News? T-Don from Brobridge uh, messages in Kaylee McEnany and Candace Owens. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Candace Owens fan. Um... And part of it is Candace Owens uh, and her fans for a while were trashing some friends of mine. Um, the, the, how to delicately put this? The, the black conservatives out there are really divided into two camps. And, and one is the, the Candace Owens style of punditry, and the other is basically the ones you don't hear from. Uh, you know some of them. Kira Davis, for example, who is subbed on Dan Bongino's radio show, a phenomenal commentator, has made several appearances on Fox News, one of the very few non candace Owens types that will get the airtime, and she's very good at it. But a lot of people slide over to Candace Owens. She's a pretty face. She says a lot of what a lot of people want to hear. And... She doesn't go into the hard truths of being both black and conservative in America. And it is, there are a lot of hard truths about it. It is a very, very difficult position to be in. And and there are plenty of them who have been absolutely ignored in the mainstream press and in the right-leaning press because that, you know, they're black and they're not progressive. So they don't get invited to the liberal networks and they're black, but they don't say everything that the rest of the conservatives want to hear because they do talk about the real race issues and things like that. So they rarely get that opportunity in the mainstream conservative space. So they, they live, they're, they're brilliant thinkers and, and brilliant observers of society and they rarely get the space and anytime they get close people who are tied to or fans of Candace Owens tend to tear them down because they don't do it like she does. And it gets very frustrating for me to see my friends who are treated that way. But you never know. Fox News could be looking for one or, as, as T-Don pointed out, one to maybe even two younger um, younger conservative commentators who are female, who bring something else to the table. But it's an, inter- it's an interesting thought. During the next break, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post it to Facebook just to see who do you think should replace Tucker Carlson? Who should Fox News bring on to replace Tucker Carlson? Now, again, I know a lot of the comments on our Facebook page. Now, if you go look up K. News on Facebook, a lot of the folks are saying, oh, I'm, I'm done with Fox News, and, and that's fine. You can be done with Fox News. You don't really have many other options. You've got Newsmax and OAN, but those are, are much smaller networks. They don't have the reach. They don't have the influence. And frankly, they don't have the skill that a lot of the folks at Fox News do. And so they can at times be a little more difficult to watch. Um, but if Fox News can make a pretty good recovery, I think it'd be interesting to see. 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. I want to move on. There's some other things I wanted to mention here today, and, and actually the show that I was planning right up until 11 o'clock when the Tucker Carlson News was really starting to, to break out there. Um, I don't want to say much about Don Lemon. I, 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 don't, I don't really care that much about Don Lemon. I mean, he's been a trash anchor and trash commentator for a while, and uh, frankly I'm just glad that, that he's no longer at CNN. I think that is actually very good for CNN. And, and frankly, I, I would love to see CNN bounce back from all the stupid stuff it's been doing over the years. Not that I think they necessarily will, but I think they should. So where's this story? It is, it's utterly, uh, It's very, we're in a very weird time in the Republican Party. Apparently, we can't trust Ron DeSantis to be president because he doesn't take part in the swamp. Not sure if you know that, but this is basically the talking point that they're kind of workshopping right now behind the scenes, and both the media and the Trump campaign are workshopping this and kind of in a concerted effort. So the New Yorker had an interview with a Republican congressman, um, Lance Gooden of Texas. What did you make of DeSantis before you met him? And Gooden's response is, a lot of the information I have learned about Ron DeSantis has come from some of my colleagues who served with him. DeSantis left Congress as I was entering, so I did not know him as a colleague. I spoke with some members who said he was a nice guy, but instead of going to have a beer after work, he would go home and get on FaceTime with his wife and kids for an hour or two, which is admirable. As a father of myself, it is very difficult to be going back and forth across the country every week. A lot of times I call it a night early and have a quick bite. Then I will jump on the phone and talk to my kids while they're doing their homework. I get that. I respect that. But every time I say no to a dinner or invitation or no to a social activity with a colleague, I am turning down an opportunity to grow my list of allies. Washington is very much a back-slapping, cigar-smoking, beer-drinking type city. Because he did not do that and because he was also in the Freedom Caucus, where they inevitably annoy some folks from time to time, I don't know that he had close relationships. When he got to Florida, I think he's done a fantastic job, but I don't know he has the personal touch that perhaps Donald Trump has or that I understand his wife, Mrs. DeSantis, has. He has struggled with that. He has certainly been very late to the game. He probably should have come to Washington and started requesting meetings with members eight to ten months ago. Ron DeSantis doesn't take part in the swamp. That's what Lance Gooden is saying. He's not saying it outright, because remember, for the first three years that Donald Trump was in the conservative space as a candidate and as president, the swamp was the enemy. But what is the swamp in Washington, D.C.? It's a bunch of politicians in back rooms who cut deals with each other, never mind the will of the American people. And they do what's in in their best interest. They grow their list of allies. They cut all of these deals. The decisions are on these bills are made without you ever really knowing the negotiations that went into it. Sure, we get reports from the inside, but the media's in on it as well. The D.C. Swamp, which frankly should be a very bad Cajun restaurant in Washington, D.C., and the fact that it's not really is a failure of capitalism at this point. But because the D.C. Swamp is not something that Ron DeSantis ever took part in, Even though the swamp was bad there for a while, now it's a problem for Ron DeSantis that he never took part in. He never took part in those activities where all these politicians get together and they decide on things without any input from their constituents. Ron DeSantis was focused on visiting with his family every night when he was in Washington, D.C. He didn't move them to Washington, D.C. with him like other politicians did. They stayed home. He talked to them every night. He did not go out and go drinking and go cigar smoking and go back slapping and all this stuff Lance Gooden says is a wonderful thing that he should have taken part in. Lance Gooden is asked his opinion about Ron DeSantis and admits at the very beginning he's never met the guy, never worked with him, but he's giving this opinion based on what other people say. That is swampish behavior. And keep in mind, this is Lance Gooden is a guy That has endorsed Donald Trump. This is all being done in the service of a man who two weeks ago was attacking Ron DeSantis for shutting down the state, which he never did during COVID. Only now Trump is saying, or he's attacking DeSantis for opening up the state too quickly. And now... Florida's economy is ruined. Crime is up. People are people are dead. All this because Ron DeSantis didn't listen to me and opened up the state before he should have. Which is it? Did he shut down the state or did he open it up too quickly? And that's and, and never mind the facts on the ground that Florida is not the worst state in the nation in any of these categories that DeSantis is being attacked on. But the media will run with these amplified attacks on DeSantis. Uh, allies of Trump will because they know DeSantis is the biggest threat. But here's the thing. Here's the one thing that's constantly missing from all this and something that the media and the other political insiders and the people who comment on this all the time, they're all ignoring one very important point. We're in the fourth month of 2023. At best, the first votes for the 2024 primary take place in nine months from now. All these stories come out. Ron DeSantis isn't a people person. He needs to work on that before he jumps in. Ron DeSantis isn't doing anything. Ron DeSantis is in a rut. He hasn't declared his candidacy. Who knows what Ron DeSantis is going to do? He's in trouble. He needs to do this. Donors are freaking out. Supporters are freaking out. You know who's not freaking out? Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis' team. You know who's not freaking out right now? Mike Pence and his team. Nikki Haley and his team. Or or her team. Tim Scott and his team. Nobody's freaking out right now because it's so early. The only person who's freaking out right now is Donald Trump. That should tell you a lot right there. Somebody feels threatened and it's not Ron DeSantis. It's not Nikki Haley. It's not Mike Pence. It's not Tim Scott. That tells you all you need to know about this race. I don't know in 2024 who I would support. I really don't. I've defended Ron DeSantis a lot because I think the attacks against him are really, really unfair. But he's not necessarily my favorite guy in the race. I think he's, as of right now, given his track record as governor, I think he's probably the most qualified. But he's not the guy I'd want. I would love for Tim Scott to be in charge of this country. I genuinely like Tim Scott and his politics and what he stands for and what I think he would bring to the table. I don't hate Nikki Haley. I don't hate Mike Pence. I think that they are three wonderful conservative people and they just don't get any traction in the polls right now. But again, at best, nine months away from the first votes of the primary. That's where we are right now. But the fact of the matter is you have a pres- a former president of the United States running to try to get back into the office that he lost in 2020. And he is spending more time attacking the most successful Republican governor in the country than he is attacking any Democrat. And his team is filled with people who are attacking Ron DeSantis when there is plenty to attack the Democrats on. That bothers me. For the same reason that Eddie Responi's campaign bothered me in 2019. The same reason that Jay Darden and Scott Angel bothered me in 2015. When Republicans are focused on attacking Republicans and they are not attacking the target they should be attacking. When they are not building up why you need to vote for Republicans, why you need to promote Republican governance. Instead, they are attacking each other. They're attacking people of their own party. That's when Republicans lose. Now, again, it is far too soon, one way or the other. It's far too soon to say how 2024 is going to pan out. Everyone freaking out about it, especially people freaking, oh, my God, Ron DeSantis, he's our guy. He's going to stop Trump and he's not doing anything. Those people need to chill. Lay off the coffee, lay off the politics for a bit. Go take a nap. 232-1542. 232-1542. Let's take a break. We will come back and wrap up the show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.